0: Horror Writers Podcast, episode number 28. Welcome back to the Horror Writers Podcast, a show with two horror authors talking all things in the world of horror. I'm your host, Zach Bohan, and with me, as always, is Jay Thorne. How you doing, Jay?
1: What's up, Zach? Not
0: much, man. Uh, really excited. We have a uh, we have an awesome guest here today. Um, he is the author of Strawberry, the Island, and the Dark Vanishing series. Um, I'm sure we'll get into all these things. Um, but uh, Dan Padavana. How you doing, Dan?
2: Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Doing good. Hey, awesome. I
1: know you, man. <laughs> I've heard of I you know before. you, man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, Dan is also uh, Dan also co-wrote the book, the novel Shadow Witch, uh, with Jay. So, um, very very awesome book. Uh, it's uh, Game of Thrones meets the Blair Witch Project, is the way they pitch it, and it's uh, it's awesome. It's it's it definitely uh, definitely hits that. So so Dan, man, how you doing?
2: Doing very good. Yeah, you know, writing and reading and. Um all things horror right now, and uh, I'm getting ready to uh, finish up the first draft of *Dark Vanishing* four, which will conclude the series. Um, okay. Something I'm very happy about. Um, uh, really enjoyed writing it. Um, I, I I liking how it's. Coming together in the ending, um, I think it's something that people who have followed the series so far are going to be pretty pleased with. But there's there's going to be uh, a rewrite and probably a rewrite after that, um, so it's it's going to be a while. I'm hoping to get it out shortly after Halloween, if not before.
0: Oh, awesome, man! Um, so so this is gonna this will conclude. The series altogether. Like, do you think you're going to write any more in that world? Because you built a pretty big world and a lot of characters in that book. Are you kind of, are you going to close everything with with the fourth book?
2: I think that the plot will close with book four. Uh, I I do foresee plenty of potential to write in that world in the future because there's. Uh, for people who have read through three, there's there's a certain uh, group of characters which you're following, and um, not to give anything away to people who haven't who haven't read four yet. But when four opens, it shows an alternative uh, community which exists out there which we haven't touched on. And it just kind of plants the seed that you know these probably aren't the only survivors in the world, and we see the dangers which this other community faces, and um, we we see what they have to go through in trying to survive as well. It's a very short chapter. I, I don't want to uh, mislead people into thinking that it's just going to branch off all of a sudden and take the story in a completely different direction because there's enough characters as there is. Um, but it just, uh, it kind of sets the stage for the dangers to come to the to the community which we've been following. Uh, but there is certainly a potential. The, the thing which I find most fun to write about in Dark Vanishings is the world itself out there and all these opportunities um, to interact with it. So like in Dark Vanishings 1, uh, it begins with a with a girl who wakes up and finds that she's all alone in her hometown. And there's just there's nobody there, um, and she uh, goes around, you know, going from store to store. All the doors are open. Um, the The electricity's still running, um, but she's she's just confused as why you know nobody is there. And as the story progresses, we find that there's she's not the only one in her town, and there's there's somebody who's following her. And then we kind of move around the world um, in Dark Vanishing's one and meet other people who are going through the same thing. Everyone around them is vanished, and they don't know what to do. Uh, there's there's uh, some very ingenious uh, alternatives which people come up with. For instance, there's a Uh, A guy in Florida who decides that um, he he has a technology background, so he knows that after everybody has disappeared, one of the first things that's going to happen is the power grid is going to fail. It's not going to fail immediately, but it's going to fail soon. So he's thinking, well, maybe I could go to this um, amusement park down the road because I I understand that they have like this great backup technology, and um, they're probably going to have um, some means of keeping the lights on for a few extra days while he figures out what to do with his life. So that's where he goes to stay. Uh in in Dark Vanishings two we meet some somebody who decided to move into a mall. Um, I mean the mall to me was like the most fun to write because you've got new change of clothes every day. Uh, there's in the parking lot there's like um uh, like a Home Depot type of uh, home improvement store, so you can grill there, and you can there's a grocery store on the other side of the road. Everything is there. He's like, you know, living like a king. Um, but there's all these little interesting things which people can do. And I, I'm thinking that since there's been a lot of positive response to that aspect of the story, that in the future, if if there is enough uh, interest from from readers, um, I could definitely see writing in that world again and kind of showing alternative things. You know, this person decided to live here, and and this is what happened. I'm not sure if they'd be full-fledged novels. maybe they'd be they'd be one-off novels or maybe they'd be short stories. But I think there's more that could be written in the world.
1: now, it's it's really rich, and i'm I'm curious if you could uh, maybe explain sort of, uh, what your influences were in writing the book, and then sort of how you put your own special twist on on the concept.
2: I think that it's a post-apocalyptic tale, so I think that in the end, any post-apocalyptic tale is going to be compared to The Stand, uh, because it was the best ever written. Um, you know, no, no, um, no offense to all the other great um, efforts which are out there. However, um, I, I went to great lengths because *The Stand* is one of my favorite novels to make sure that my book wasn't *The Stand*. Um, so I, I decided that, um, you know, I didn't want a zombie up- uprising, and I didn't want the world to be littered uh... with bodies as they were in the stand because of a virus outbreak so i was thinking something more along the lines of maybe like a rapture type event um, you know not in a strict religious sense uh... but um, you know just uh... some some reason which people might wrap their heads around for thinking why people would disappear uh, but I wanted a clean world, so if I could get all these people out of the world and and just kind of leave this this mass of survivors, um, this small mass of survivors, to figure things out on their own, um, then I wouldn't have to deal with you know people stumbling over bodies all the time and uh, bodies collecting flies and zombies chasing you up and down the road all the time. Uh, I, I wanted them to kind of figure things out before you know the proverbial um, blanket, the fan. Um, so. Yeah, I wanted to take it in that direction and have some fun in the world, um, but I also wanted to kind of make it my own story too. And as as I as I was writing it, and I'm I'm a very much a, a seat of the pants writer, where I'll come up with with a basic plot which I have in mind and maybe no outline, but maybe some notes as to where I want the story to go. And then every day I sit down and start writing, and and then I just got I get captured in the story, and sometimes it takes very um, unusual, um, unexpected directions. I think I was a few chapters into, um, into Dark Vanishings. One, when I realized that it would be really interesting to have like a fantasy aspect of this too. Um, and this is another way that I wanted to differentiate my story from other uh, post-apocalyptic horror tales in that in most of these stories there's like this one Evil presence, or this 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 bad guy, or or a bad woman, or whatever, and uh, they're almost always all powerful and they're very difficult to beat. Um, I wanted a real threat to this person. Um, I wanted I wanted it to be obvious from very early in the series that um, there's going to be a real challenge to this person, and and that it's not just like good fighting against the impossible to defeat evil, that there there's gonna be a real war on our hands. Um the the deck is certainly stacked against the good and you'll you'll find that it, it gets stacked more and more and more as the story goes along. Uh but that's just kind of my way of of um you know playing that Cinderella story. Uh but um there's a real threat from from uh not just one but two people in uh, in dark vanishings, who can stand up to the evil? And I think that people find it really interesting from that standpoint.
0: Yeah, I uh, I love it, man. I'm 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 through the first two books. I have three is actually next on my list. Um, Good, thank you. Uh, to read, um, it's been it's been great. Cause I mean, eventually, I, I love the whole uh, the kind of biblical apocalypse uh, aspect to it. Um, you know, the whole rapture thing. I'm I have an obsession with Revelation. So and I actually plan on writing something like that in the future um, that has more of a more of that type of post-apocalyptic standpoint to it. Um, But one one thing I want to ask you was, um, you know, the book obviously follows a lot of characters in a lot of different places. Um, Did you did you write places that um, that you were familiar with, or like that you spent a lot of time in, or did or did you kind of have to? uh, Because I know one thing I'm doing right now with Empty Bodies is I'm kind of the characters are kind of going to places that i have really not that familiar with, so I'm having to use Google Maps and stuff a lot. Um, and uh, so, yeah, did you are you we really familiar with most of the locations you wrote? I
2: I am quite familiar with with these locations. I I had a choice when I was writing the story as to where I wanted to set it. I could have made it a worldwide event. Um, I could have spread it across the United States. I could have put it out in L. A. or in New York City or wherever. Um, I I wanted the story to kind of converge into one area and I could have picked anywhere Um, I decided to pick the Southeastern United States simply because um, it's always been kind of a favorite vacation spot for our family and it just made sense to me it kinda clicked okay it's we're heading into summer and all these people who have had their lives torn apart by everybody disappearing well you have a choice in where you could go I mean you can um you You could go just about anywhere and and especially in the summer you you the options in the United States are quite open as to where you could go and be very comfortable. but a lot of these people are kind of forward thinking so they're thinking, well, if I'm gonna really just pick some spot and travel there. I'm going to go somewhere where it's not minus 20 in the winter, and I don't have a, um, a power company to keep the heat on for me. So they all kind of start migrating south um, and, and heading towards like the Carolinas and Florida. And because um, I've made the trek with my family so many times down there, I kind of know a lot of a lot of uh, that whole I-95 corridor and the side roads which run alongside it, and many of the major towns. Um, I, it actually, when I wrote Strawberry, um a vampire novel, which was my first novel, um, I, I set it in a mythical location, much like um, uh, the, the location I chose for Florida in Dark Vanishings. Uh, but it's, it's based very close to areas which I have visited. So it's, I, I can kind of see the surrounding area in my head all the time. And that's important for me as a writer. Um, to have an idea of what's going on in the outside world and kind of where everything, where everything is without having to look too much at to a map. I did f- find a lot, though, that especially when I was getting people to travel from, like, the Plains down into, uh, into the uh, Carolinas and Florida. I had to look at a, a lot of road maps to think about, all right, wh- what route would you take? You know, if you went biking, what road would you take? Um, so there is a little bit of that. But um, I, it, to me, at least, it was important to kind of have an idea of, of um, what I was writing about these areas.
0: Yeah, we uh, we love when you Yankees migrate down here. So, you <laughs> no, you don't. Don't lie. No, I, I totally am lying. Exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, eventually, you know, we'll all be, uh, we'll have blue hair, we'll be driving down the road. the too slow speed, and um, you'll be yelling at us, cursing at us out, to, out your driver's side window. And
0: <laughs> uh, dude, I, I live in Nashville, and the traffic here is terrible because no one's from here, and no one knows what they're doing. So mm-hmm, <laughs> it's, it's, it's totally, it's totally fine. So um, now you mentioned you mentioned shifting gears a little bit. You mentioned storeberry, um, and you kind of answered my question. I was going to ask about the uh, like kind of what the what the town was was based off of, because um, I, I know obviously it is a uh, a, a mythical town, uh, kind of like Dairy, Maine. Um, and uh, so you want you want to talk a little bit about Storeberry, or?
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, the town itself, I I kind of had um, I'd say. Uh, a combination of several towns which I've lived in in my life, kind of in my head, and I was thinking about how the towns are laid out and um, where the good section of town is, where the bad section of town is, and, uh, and that's what I started with. Is kind of like um, is like a rough draft in my mind of the town, and once I started to move people around inside of the town, and I started to see locations, the town kind of. Became its own entity in my head, and uh, I can still—I I finished writing it over a year ago, and I, I can still see very clearly um, all the roads and all the locations in it. Uh, but I, I really wanted to, to, to write a vampire story, which went back to the stories which I read as as a youth or saw in movies as a youth. Um, I, I wanted to bring back the horror and, and vampire stories rather than. I didn't want it to be a love story. I didn't want it to be a supernatural tale. Uh, I didn't want the, the vampires to be fighting werewolves or anything like that. I wanted something where you're in this town, and uh the town is very isolated and if you, if if you got your communications cut off you're really out in the middle of nowhere in the meanwhile you know you've got you've got this vampire uh, uh, uprising in the town and i wanted you know everybody to feel kind of trapped in in this sense that you can never really get out of this place no matter how hard you try uh so yeah i mean that was a straight horror tale i i didn't want any there is a little bit of lighthearted humor in parts of it um, I went a little bit stronger with the humor in Dark Vanishings because it's more of an adventure horror. Uh, but Strawberry was a very much a, a creeping horror-type type book. Um, it was my first novel. It's something I'm very, very proud of. Uh, I think that my writings improved since then. Um, however, it's a tale which... Um, which it was exactly what I wanted to write and and that much I'm very much proud of and I I never once um, deviated from from you know my goal is to just make it a straight vampire horror tale and so far the feedback on it has been very positive um, uh, I've had a few people compare it to Salem's lot um others to um 30 days of night um, to me it, it it probably feels a little bit more like Salem's lot but again it's it's Like kind of like the deal with the stand, um, I tried very hard to not make it Salem's Lot, um, to really set it apart as its own story and have its own background. And there's like a haunted forest and and things like that, um, which you know, kind of my own twists on 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 the mythos. Nice,
0: nice,
1: Jay. Yeah, no, it's uh, Strawberry's fantastic, and I, you know, I. Thank you. I, I think I met Dan shortly. Uh, shortly, I think maybe it was shortly after you published that book, and I remember yes. reading it, and I remember uh, thinking like, that's a damn good first book, and because I know my first book is terrible and has since been unpublished, and and both of you guys have had <laughs> really great success with the first book, and I'm I'm kind of I'm a bit envious of that, but um, I think that's uh, you know that's really hard to do, and I think it's hard to um, and I. It, because as you start to get some distance, you start to think, like, oh, wow, if I could only go back and rewrite that. But, you know, you don't want to chase your tail. Uh, and and at, a certain, at a certain point, you kind of have to leave it as it is. But I think where Strawberry is is a pretty good place.
2: Thank you. I, I really appreciate hearing that. Um, you know, I, I actually did make some minor changes to it. Um, you're right. At some point, uh, I think... My, my old editor uh, had kind of said it best to me he said um, you know at some point you've got to let your baby go out into the world you know you just can't keep bringing it back and saying I got to make it a little bit better a little make you better more prepared for the world uh, and yeah of course it was it was my first story and I write I write quite a bit differently now than I did then uh, uh, what I did do, though, uh, several months ago, is I just I decided to spend a weekend where I'm just going to sit down with Storeberry and I'm going to read it all the way through, and I'm just going to make some minor changes here or there, and you know, cut out some un- unnecessary description, um, throw in a little bit where I think it's lacking, um, tidy up the sentences a little bit, make it kind of flow a little bit better. And um, it, it wasn't like a major rewrite at all. It was just kind of, you know, drips and drabs here and there. Uh, but I found that the final product, when I reread it again, was definitely a better story. And the wonderful thing about digital publishing is um, you can you can do things like that and, and kind of get that, that 1.5 version out there uh, very quickly for new readers um, with, with very minimal effort. It's just a matter of uploading it. Um, and also, I, I plan to produce a text version for it um, in the future which I have uh, sense then I have done. Um, uh, so now that there's this paperback out there. I wanted to make sure before I did that paperback that I really had the text the way that I I wanted it. Um, again, I could write it better today um, but I don't think that I could make the story better today. I, I really like that story and um, I really like the characters and I, lo- I really like the horror aspects of it and um, that much I'd never change.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, you kind of you said it, at some point you just have to, you know, it is what it is, I mean, and you just need to move on and not, you know, um, I mean, I had a similar experience with Empty Bodies, um, I mean, I, I I, made God knows how many changes on it, um, and, then, and then finally I was just like, you know what, it is what it is, like, some people aren't going to like it, some people are, like, some people think some of the lines are stupid, you know, it is what it is, so... I actually got to a point where I was like, you know, I was doing the audiobook, and I did one final, like, this is the way it's going to be, and then I haven't touched it since. Because once you do the audiobook, you really can't touch it, because then you mess up Whisper WhisperSync. Um, and I'm fine with that. Like, it's just, it it, it, it is what it is. So, uh, you know, but you're just you're going to keep growing. And, I mean, uh, I mean, I can already see how your writing's evolved. I mean, I love Strawberry, and I think the writing is great. Um, but then, you know, going to Dark Vanishings, um, and and reading Shadow Witch, I mean, it's uh, it's I mean, you could definitely see how much just uh, how much you've improved even in that short amount of time. So.
2: Yeah, I think that those first years as a writer are probably where you see the strongest growth. And I, I can even see in in, uh, in your writings from from I I loved Empty uh, And I think though that when you moved into two and three, there was there was a clear uh, ramp up uh, in confidence in, in what you were doing. Um, and you know, I, I definitely saw a big improvement in my own writing when I went just from Strawberry to the Island, which is two short stories, and uh, that's actually some of my favorite writing. Nobody ever buys short stories, by the way. <laughs> so those those are just—I mean, talk about you know, unloved. Uh, but those are two of my favorite stories I've ever written, honestly. And um, I still when I go back and read them, I'm like, that's really good. I wish somebody would read the darn thing. <laughs> Uh, Well, I think we all know how how that feels, Uh, but yeah, uh, and then moving from from the island to to Shadow, which was really exciting because you know I'd been talking to Jay a lot at that point, and we had an idea about what we were going to write, and I had never written a book with somebody else before, so this was going to be a completely different uh, idea, um, different work process. So, you know, we had this idea, I think originally, um Jay was thinking when I when I had said, you know, how about if it was like um you know, like a witch in the woods type type deal and this this guy is trying to survive and maybe save his family and this whole world is, is breaking down around him. I think he kinda of thought something along the lines of like um uh Girl, love Tom Gordon or uh, Blair Witch or something like that, and we actually had kind of a miscommunication. What I was thinking was more along the lines of full-fledged fantasy, that type yeah, of
0: witch. Yeah, I was gonna say because you and, love and, uh, fantasy,
2: right? I yeah. do, I really yeah. do. And 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 then once um, we caught, you know, we we kind of connected on that idea, and he's like, okay, cool. Then I was like, wow, if we can if we can really make this work and take a horror world and put it together with. Um, With a fantasy world, this could get really neat and attract a lot of different people. Um, It's honestly, it's one, it's definitely one of the favorite things I've ever written, Um, and it was a great process. In that, um, Jay just asked me to come up with a story, and I wrote, I wrote the first draft, and then Jay, um, being a much more experienced author, was able to clean things up here and there and show me, hey, write it this way, not write it that way, Um, and and you know, I learned a ton in that process. And it just because we had two different minds, kind of you know, molding the story and shaping it into what we wanted. I think we got a, a product which um, which neither of us could have written on our own. Um, and it's 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 just a really interesting uh, story. And I think that it's a huge world which could be expanded upon. Um, I'm not sure that the market is there for it right now. Um, uh, the people who have read it absolutely love it, and it's, it's kind of like the island. Not enough people have read it, um, but you know, every day we kind of hope that it will get out there because it's just a great story, and I love combining um, horror and fantasy. And um, I'd like to do that at least on my own again someday, if if not as part as a collaboration with Jay. Uh, but it's. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really neat story, and it was a great growth period for me, and I learned so much is about being a writer from Jay. Um, and I took that into Dark Vanishings, and I, I think I was a ton more prepared for Dark Vanishings than I ever could have been if I hadn't co-written uh, Shadow Witch.
1: Well, thanks, man. And I, I will say that I, I learned a ton from you as well. I think I, I really, what I've said to a lot of people and in many areas, and I know we're getting a little into the writing, but I think as a, as a reader, if you find a good book that is a collaboration, uh, if you find a collaboration, you should check it out because I think, as as you said, Dan, there are things that happen in a collaboration that neither writer could do on their own, and and I really learned from you how to how to masterfully set pace in such a way that you slowly pull the reader in to a point where they can't escape, uh, and that was I learned so much about that from you and sort of how you set out that first draft so I think as a reader whenever I see two names on a project now I'm way more interested in it because I know that uh, you know the, the end product is going to be way better than it could have been uh, separately.
2: Thank you I appreciate that and, and I agree with you I think that collaborations are a are really interesting um, uh, path you know for readers to go down uh, because if for instance how about like you know when um, when King you know who doesn't need anybody to write with I mean I think that's quite obvious but then he wrote the talisman with Peter Straub and yeah. it's um, it's one of the most special it's it's definitely one of the special books that either of them had, had ever created. I'm not sure that they could have done it on their own it's just it's so out there and it's so um, intense um, and it just goes to places which which is so bizarre that um, I think that they really needed both of them kind of pulling it along and making it more and more weird as they went uh, otherwise it couldn't have done it on their own so yeah I mean check check out collaborations for sure. Um, I, I think that uh, yeah, there's there's only a few that I that I know of in the horror genre, uh, but um, they're definitely worthwhile. Yeah, there's no question.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, just as kind of like the third party here, I mean, you know, Shadow Witch is a was a great book, and I think that it really, you know, as a fan of both you guys, I mean, it definitely uh, um, portrayed both you alls strengths so well. I mean, it really had a you know, the whole dark fantasy vibe that Jay is no, really known for um, and also had, you know, like your real tense, like slow build, just almost like creeping death through the whole story um, that you're, you're so good at. Um, well, so we are kind of, we're, we're running up against the clock a little bit, and I want to get a couple more things in real quick. Um, sure. uh, most importantly, I guess you said that uh, Dark Vanishings 4 um, is, is going to tie up that series. Uh, so any plans on what's next for you?
2: I have one horror story with a lot of notes written written down in, in, within uh, Scrivener, which is the program which I used to write in. Don't we uh, Yeah. Uh, <laughs> definitely my, my favorite program of, of all on, on, on my computers is Scrivener. Oh. Uh, so all my notes are in there. I could start writing it tomorrow, and I could probably bang it out. I, I've got to get to a certain place to write it because it's clearly going to be the darkest story I've ever written. There's it. It could potentially be very violent. Um, it certainly has um, a very uh, frightening aspect to it. I also have a fantasy novel uh, which is just on the edge of my imagination as well, and I've taken some some minor notes also in Scrivener on that, and that project is set to go as well. Um, I'm going to decide after Dark Vanishings isn't done and I've, I've spent kind of a week to, to recoup and and uh, just kinda clear my head as to which project needs to come next and if I'm ready to write it immediately or if I need a few weeks uh... but um I'm, I'm not gonna commit yet to which one happens but um, they're both very exciting to me uh... and whichever one I take, um, I think the, the fantasy would be part of a larger series the, the horror novel would be a very much a one off, uh, a standalone novel. Uh, but I mean, just thinking about it um, really freaks me out. It's kind of a neat a neat idea. It's uh, unique. Um, I think when people uh, hear the tag on it, they're gonna go, "Ooh, that's pretty cool." Nice.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That sounds awesome, dude. I mean, I, I'm I personally with horror, I love standalones. Um, so it would be. Uh... Yeah, um, you already got me excited. I don't even know what the hell it's about. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs>
2: uh, but I
0: also want like to see you write fantasy. I mean, because I know, uh, I, I know you love it. So it'd be it'd be really interesting to see you write fantasy. Um,
2: yeah, I I would I definitely want to try. Um, Shadow Witch to me actually, what Shadow Witch feels to me like is a bit like uh, Terry Bricks old um Sword of Shannara, only yeah, if you took yeah that's what I was
0: gonna say yeah
2: yeah you twisted it a lot though and made it made it you know. Pretty gruesome and pretty horrific, um, but yeah, that's kind of what it felt to me like. And um, I think that if I were to go down that fantasy path, and I'm sure that I will here, if, if not in the next year, then certainly in the next few, um, it'll probably be something along the lines of um, uh, Brooks's style, or maybe uh, Robert Jordan's style, um, more more the classic style of fantasy. Um, some things which bug me about fantasy these days is that um, there's so much emphasis being put on trying to make themselves unique um, that that I think authors um, lose the story, Uh, and and to me, I just want to be caught up in in a world, in a different world, and I don't need a logical explanation for why magic exists, okay? That's the point of reading fantasy, okay? It's like when I read a zombie novel, I don't need a logical explanation for why the monsters would rise back from the grave you know you don't have to come up with that for me just just give me the monsters you know that's what I want to see so I think that uh, what I'll write will be um, will be very classic um, but um, I've got some unique ideas for twists on characters and I think that's really what it comes down to is the characters which which make each story unique everything's pretty much about good against evil nice.
0: Well, uh, Jay, I have one more really important question for him. But you got anything uh, closing out you want to ask or say?
1: Or no, no, it's it's been it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun.
0: All right. Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask this question because it's super super important. What is <laughs> what it, in Dan Padavana's mind? What is the best heavy metal record of all time?
2: Ooh, <laughs> that's a tough one. <sighs> You know, I guess I have to um, base it on what I love uh, because no matter what I say, there's going to be an argument. And <laughs> if, if I choose one Black Sabbath album over one Led Zeppelin album or whatever, there's just going to be an argument. Um, I'll tell you what I listen to the most and have listened to for, for uh, 10, 15 years. Um, just almost nonstop, and that is um, uh, down to a bustle in your hedgerow. Oh, yeah. It just I can't get it out of my head. There's just too many good songs. Um, so I'm not going to say it's the greatest heavy metal album of all time, or or uh, sludge rock, or um, New Orleans swamp, or whatever they you know whatever it is. It's just so cool, and it's just so perfect, and it's it's one of my favorites.
0: Nice. That's a really that's a really good answer, especially uh, <clears throat> for someone who spent as much time in New Orleans as I have, because I used to live two hours from there. Um, cool. That's a uh, yeah. That's 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 a great answer. So <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, Dan, man, we really appreciate having you on, man. This is a lot of fun. Um, and uh, you want to give the give everyone a place they can check you
2: out? Yeah, check me out. Uh, my website is is danpativana. dot That's D A N p a d a v o n a dot com. Uh, you can go there, uh, see all the new novels which I which I'm, I am have published. I usually give an update when I'm when I'm in the middle of a project. I'll tell people how it's coming along and try to give a heads up as to when things are coming out. Um, and I recommend everybody sign up for for my mailing list when they get there too. Uh, as an incentive, uh, every few months I run a contest. Anybody who's on that mailing list. Uh, guess a chance to, to win like a free book uh, I do a lot of autographed uh, copies in, of paperbacks um, sometimes I'll give away a, a Kindle file of, of one of my books um, sometimes I even give away something which I own like um, I gave away a, a really good uh, Dean Coons hardcover a few weeks ago and um, the guy who got it is just thrilled he's absolutely loving that so yeah, I mean, come on over and uh, join up, and you can also check me out on, on my Facebook page, too. You just search for Dan Padavana, and you'll, you'll find my author page.
0: Awesome. Well, Dan, I really appreciate your time, man. Uh, get Dark Manishings 4 out. I know uh, I'm, I'm about to read 3, so I'm going to be ready for 4. So, um, Cool, man. Let me know what you think. Absolutely. Uh, thanks, Dan, and thanks, Jay. Yep, thanks, guys. Later. Thanks for listening to the Horror Writers Podcast. If you have any thoughts or questions about today's show, please feel free to leave us a comment. Subscribe on iTunes and on YouTube. If you like us, please leave us a review on iTunes. The Horror Writers Podcast can be found on the web at thehorrorwriterspodcast.com. All graphics provided by Johnny Diggs at diggscreative.com. We'll be back next week with a brand new
2: episode.